0: Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us online or whatever platform you might be watching. We're glad you're part of the Eastside family. Today, we're going to begin a series on the book of John, uh, a journey through John. For the next eight weeks, we're going to do that. We're sitting in my office. We've got the creative team in here. And we're just going to roll the cameras, and it's going to be as natural as we can make it. The thing that we don't want to do is try to duplicate Sunday morning service, and the reason being is is we can't, because you're not here. And you guys make our Sunday morning service. We can't reproduce what you guys actually produce. And so what we're trying to do with these, these meetings is to, is to take scripture and to open them and actually apply them to the situation we find ourselves in. And so what we've done is we decided to take this, this gospel of John, the one who Jesus said that he loved, Break it down. Look at what John says as he lived through, you know, some some tough, trying times, uh, even to the point of exile. And so, in that situation, we kind of feel that way. We're going to just begin to break that down this morning. The title of the message is "Jesus, the True Light." Now, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take three chapters a week. There's no way that I can cover the first three chapters, and so this morning we're just going to look at First John. I mean, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 12. We're going to read that from the New Living Translation, and that's where we're going to start. It says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So what I want you to see about just these first two verses is the Word already existed, and the Word is Jesus. He was in the beginning And we're going to read in just a little bit that he was at the end. He, He is our all in all. So in the beginning, the Word already existed, and he was God, and he is the Word. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through Jesus, except through the Word. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could never extinguish it. God sent a man named John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of John's testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world that he created. Very important that you, that you see that Jesus came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, Israel, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So as we read this, and as we see what Jesus was, who he was, and how it coincides with the word and how that word was established before the foundation of the world, we got to understand that right now in this moment, we have a chance to respond to the light. We have a chance to be the light. We have a chance to reflect Jesus. And so to do that, we've got to understand what Jesus' intent was when he wrote the scripture. And so let's look at it real quickly. He says that in the beginning, the word already existed. So there are three things that we know about the word of God. The first one is this. The word of God is designed and was designed for his creation. It was for his creation to not only do, but to establish in the world. We also know that the word is permanent and it's unchangeable. The word before the foundation of the world was permanent and unchangeable. And we also know that the Word was effective. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is the come, the Almighty. And so we know that, that God designed His Word for creation, permanent, unchangeable, effective, doing what He sends it to do. The Word also gives life to everything. It says the Word of God actually brings life to everything. If we were in church, we would say, say the word everything. Everything, including the situation that we're in. The Word of God is going to bring life to your situation. It brings light. It is the light. It can't help but be the light. The Word of God is Jesus. The Word of God is light. It brings wisdom from above. It brings us into agreement with the Creator. You know, oftentimes people use watches. I'm going to use, I'm going to use a radio. I just got this new radio for my car, and it, and, it, and it helps me. You know, it's got a backup camera on it. It's got all that kind of stuff on it, and it's got a menu bar on that radio. Well, if I, if I try to adjust that radio in any other way than that menu allows me to adjust it, all I'm going to do is mess it up. I've got to follow those instructions. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus said my word is is the light. You You have to go by that light. It will bring wisdom from above. It will bring you into agreement with what I created things to be. And so when we're living in this, we need to recognize that our hope, our future, you know, everything we depend on is based on what Jesus created from the beginning. He is the light of the world. He gives us the ability to see past darkness, to see past situation, to see past confusion, and he gives us a pathway of healing and life. He brings healing and life to every situation. He's never caught off guard. He, he never ever is thinking, "Man, I just I missed this one." He's got a plan, he's got a purpose. He's going to bring good out of this. I believe right now we've heard it said by so many people that he's going, to, he's going to purify the church in this process. This is a great time for the church to get whole, to get back on track. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And so, so we know that in the beginning the word already existed and we also know that the word of God gives life to everything. The third thing that we can take from this uh, passage of scripture As the Creator came to shine light to everyone. That's everyone. Everyone has the ability to see the Creator. Everybody has the ability to respond to the Creator, to recognize Him for who He is and for what His purpose is on this earth. So so the Creator came to shine light to everybody. But the truth of the matter is, it says in John that, that they did not recognize Him. Now, recognize it has really two different, uh, two different platforms in which you can look at it. First of all, they didn't see it for what it was. And what we talk about at Eastside is that sober judgment, being able to see things the way God sees them. And so Jesus came, he, he came to shine the light. He came with the word of God, but they didn't see it for what it was. The second part, Of recognition means once you see it there there requires a response to it you can see it but not respond another thing that it says in John is they didn't respond to what they saw in worship when they heard the word when they saw the light they didn't respond to it correctly in John chapter 1 verse 14 this is uh, from the New King James Version it says this and the word became flesh and dwelt among us And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. We we saw the the nature and the character of the Father through Jesus as he brought the word, the way it was designed in the beginning before, before anything was ever created. He spoke it by the word of God. It came into existence. It is permanent and it can't be changed and it'll do everything that it was called to do. In Romans chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty-five, this is from the New Living Translation. It's important that we see this because we're going to we're going to partner with uh, John chapter one, verse one through twelve in Romans. It says it this way. This is Paul writing. He says, "But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God." Because he made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even giving thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. We see that going on everywhere in our culture. There are so many foolish ideas to try to make God into whatever image somebody is comfortable with. And this this is what it's saying. They didn't recognize him for what he brought or for who he was. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere men and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. And then John finishes with amen, which means you agree and, and the truth is absolutely. And so we see this, this whole attitude in scripture that God is, and Jesus is trying to shine light in darkness. And the darkness is never going to extinguish the light. But, but the breaking point becomes whether we recognize that Jesus is bringing the light. And then when he does bring the light, whether we actually worship him as, as he brings it for, for who he is. And that is the one who actually created it, established it, and, 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 and expects it to actually be carried out. And so lastly, we understand that faith can be likened to what we attach ourselves with. I just want us to kind of connect these dots Faith can be likened to what we attach ourselves with. Jesus came as the light. He came as the word, the word being the, the, the nature and the character of the kingdom. Everything that the kingdom is, is the word of God. And we can attach ourselves to that. But so many people, they, they don't want to really attach themselves to the truth of the light. They don't want to recognize Jesus for who he really is. They make up their own image. They do those kinds of things. But, but what we need to do is attach ourselves to the word. We need to actually let the light shine on our path so that it illuminates the darkness, so that we'll be able to discern between good and evil. We won't be calling truth lies and lies truth, which is what is said to happen in the end times, that people will actually call lies truth and truth lies. And so, and so what are you attached to? One of the things that I'm discovering about myself is I'm figuring out all, all the things that, I, that I'm attached to, that I love, that are taking up my time. How about you? I mean, I got calls from people all during the week. One of them said, man, I, I just missed the corporate gathering. I mean, I, I'm dying for the corporate gathering. I said, Bo, it's only been a week. You know, it's only been one week. And then it said, we, we, but I'm glad you're attached to that because God says, don't forsake the gathering uh, of, of ourselves together. And, and we're doing that because it's, it's, it's a necessity right now, but it's good that we're attached to the things that God wants us to be attached to. Sometimes we have unhealthy attachments to our families. Should we be attached to our families? Absolutely. Is there an unhealthy attachment? Absolutely. When you don't place your trust and your, and your attachment to the Word of God and to the ways of God, and you attach it to your family dynamics, then that can, that can get us off track. Another place that we attach ourselves to is work. We, we attach ourselves to work, and it becomes what we're motivated by. It becomes our, our, our thing that is most valuable to us, and that gets us off track. That can be money. We can be attached to fear. We can be attached to worry. We can be attached to anxiousness, anxiousness. We can even be attached to the government to solve our problems. We can be attached to the, to the wrong thing. Uh, Jesus is the one who is going to bring us through this, and he can use the government, government but it's actually, <laughs> it actually the Lord who's going to do the work. We can be attached to a cultural ideology. I mean, you see that all over the place. People don't know what to believe these days because culture keeps changing its value system week after week, month after month, year after year. And the only thing that's solid, the only thing that we can depend on is the Word of God. And what John says in chapter 1 is that Jesus was the Word and he, he lived among us. And, and it's our responsibility to recognize the Word in the way of God. Dr. Jim Wilder teaches a somewhat different verbiage when it comes to salvation. He says it this way. He says, sin is attached uh, sin excuse me. Sin is attachment gone wrong. Sin is attachment gone wrong. Sin is being attached to something that doesn't look like kingdom. Salvation is attachment gone right. In other words, you're coming into agreement with God what God meant uh, in the beginning. So what we've got to do in this time of of stress, in this time of uncertainty, is we've got to attach ourselves to God. We've got to attach ourselves to his word, and we've got to want what he wants. He, He says it like this, God would say to you and me, I want you to begin to look at things differently. This is a great opportunity for you to begin to look at things differently. How? Like I created them. Begin to look at things like I created them. You can't. You can't watch sports. You can't watch sports <laughs> on television. You. You know. You. You. You have an opportunity not to binge on television and TV shows. You can actually get into the Word of God and begin to see things as God sees them. So we right now we have the ability to attach ourselves to the right things and turn to something that. Has the ability to make something turn out differently. Right now, I promise you, God's got a plan. He's got a plan for the church. He's got a plan for every nation right now. Every nation has a plan. He knows the governments that are in charge. He knows everything that's going to happen. And He's got a plan. And our responsibility as the church is to be attached to God's plan, is to be attached to God's Word so that we can be a light in darkness. So our light illuminates the pathway of righteousness. Revelation chapter 19, verse 13 through 16 says this. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations, a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and coming out. It's the word of God. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If we put our trust in anything else, any government, any ideology, any thought process, any image that is, misguided from the Word of God and from what Jesus brings, then we've, we've got ourselves on a pathway of destruction. And, and we have an opportunity to see in this moment what we're really attached to. You know, whether it's sports, whether it's your family, whether it's your spouse. Some of us are, are unhealthily attached to our children and our grandchildren. You say, what? Well, if you put too much faith in those things those institutions to actually bring a positive result that they don't have the ability to do so. Our attachment should be to the kingdom of heaven, to the word of God, to Jesus Christ. And then he teaches us by his great grace and truth to love our families the way he intended. And so our money, our habits, man, there's so many habits. The Lord is saying, see, I told you about that habit. You remember that, Alex? I've been telling you about that for years. I'm seeing so many things. What did I do with my time? Well, I'm seeing so many opportunities to change what I'm doing because I'm limited in my busyness. God has given us opportunity to slow down and see who he is. We we may uh, have been attached to our own selfishness. We may have been attached to self-gratification. How much TV you're watching when there's no sports on, how much TV? Maybe, maybe your addiction to social media is skyrocketing right now. I just want to encourage you today. Start looking at, at those kinds of things. Start making sure that you understand that the one who is going to give us the ability to come through this unscathed, come through this pure, come through this strong, Come through this healthy is our Lord Jesus and His Word, and us recognizing what His word can do. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 through 23, this is from the New Living translation. I love this. This is the explanation of Jesus about the different kinds of seed that, that fall on different soils. He says this. This is the explanation. Listen to this explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems Or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. Listen to this. But all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. And the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. And produce a harvest of 30, 60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, the ones that are producing fruit are the ones who are recognizing Jesus for who he is, the word of God for what it does, and they actually respond to it in worship. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 and 39, there's a passage of scripture that talks about family and being unhealthily attached to family. And in this particular situation, as we're thinking about this, as we're, you know, kind of stuck stuck in close quarters sometimes with family making sure that that we're loving on each other but our source our source of health our source of provision is pointed toward God our attachment is toward that this listen to what it says if you love your father or mother more than you love me you are not worthy of being mine or if you love your son or your daughter more than me you're not worthy of being mine If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is just saying simply, put your attachment in the right place. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm everything in between. My word is truth. My word was there before you were born. My word's going to be there after you're gone. There's nothing that you should be depending on other than the word and the way of God. And if you're depending on family, if you've got those things out of alignment with what he, he intends, then you have no way of bringing grace and truth to your life. And so make sure that you're loving your family well. Make sure that you love your children well. But make sure your attachment is to the one who can actually set the captives free. If we look at... Uh, these chances to change we have this chance to change and the things that we can do in the future you know i've heard so many times i mean i can't tell you how many times i've heard the whole idea of man i really want to get in the word of god man i i really want to and you fill in the brain this is what i really want to do i just i just don't have time (laughs) well i tell you man right now that, that excuse is over. It's, it's gone. We now have more time than we've ever had to get in the Word. Instead of binging on spades, <laughs> which is not bad. It's a way to pass time or, or binging on television. I just encourage you to binge on the Word of God. Some of you have never read the New Testament all the way through. This is a great time to read the New Testament all the way through. You can listen to it. You can read it. Some of you have done that, but you've never read the Old Testament. You know, get into the Old Testament. Read it through. Uh, Frank read it. Uh, we testified last week that he's read it two times in, in just about 30 days. So we have this time to really get into the Word of God. I encourage you, please, take advantage of this time. Let me give you something else. Now I'm a medal. <laughs> I mean, this is... This is this is back at me as much as it is you. I've heard so many people say, man, I wish I could just exercise. I wish I could just exercise. Well, this is a great time to start exercising. You can exercise your right to get in the word and you can exercise your physical body. Don't get fat in these three or four weeks. Get in shape physically, spiritually, emotionally. Revelations chapter 22 says this, and behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his word. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's, he was in the beginning, he's going to be in the end, and his word is going to endure through it all. Blessed are those who do my word, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the holy city. But outside, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and whoever whoever loves and practices a lie. A lie being that which doesn't align with the truth of the word of God. And he says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit of the bride says, come and join me. And let him who hears say, come and join me. And let him who thirst, come and join me. Whoever desires to let him take the water of life and take it freely. We have this opportunity. Jesus came to bring the word. He came to bring the light to everybody. And it's just waiting on us to recognize that that word is his way. He is the savior of the world, bringing the glory of the father to us. He's a light to us. And he says about you and me, now, go be the light of the world. You go be the light. As Jesus was in this world, so are you. So am I. So I just encourage you, in this time of of uncertainty, in this time of, you know, where people could just be anxious and stressed and worried, man, be a rock. Get in the Word. Pray fast. Don't waste it. Don't waste it with worry. Don't waste it with anxiousness. Don't waste it with just getting fat. Get in shape spiritually, emotionally, physically. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you today that your word is true. I thank you, Jesus, that that we can count on you. I thank you, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I thank you, Jesus, that you said you never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, God, that you said your word and your truth we can stand on, we can count on. Father, I thank you that you said you are the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you, God, that you're our firm foundation. I thank you, God, that you're our cornerstone. You're, you're the thing that we build everything else on. And so, Father, I pray today that every last one of us would attach ourselves to the right thing, that we wouldn't, the, we wouldn't be attached to worry, anxiousness, stress, media, Fox News, CNN News. Our attachment is to you. We want to be full of wisdom. We want to do what's right. We want to follow government. We want to submit to the governing authorities over us. But our trust is in you because we know that you put every authority in place and you did it to take care of your people. And so, Father, you send your light to everybody. May we recognize who you are, who sent it, who created it, and what it's capable of doing. Our hope is in you. We bless your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.